Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Steve Katz. Steve is a health and fitness coach who resides in the Gold Coast, Australia. He has a broad range of experience over the last couple of decades in health and physique coaching alongside delivering health and wellness programs to mining companies across Australia. Fun fact before we get into it with Steve is that he is actually one of my mentors. He taught me when I was doing my original like Cert 3 and Cert 4 in health and fitness, which in Australia is that, you know, your certified personal training qualifications. So I already know that this conversation is going to be so special just because, you know, Steve, for, compared to, you know, other guests, we've already got a really good relationship. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Laurie, thank you for the introduction. I'm looking forward to chatting to you today and to hear about your journey as well. It's been a big three years of um, not seeing you and, and watching your content. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about holistic health, well-being, fitness and anything. Yes, and yours too. And like a big reason I reached out to you is because I saw that, you know, I knew that you were into bodybuilding. I knew you were into big box commercial gyms, but just following you over the last few years, seeing all of the nature experience, wellness experience. I'm like, oh man, this this guy's really integrating it all. It's amazing. <laughs> and that, that word's come up a lot for me, the integration. And I really had to do it, Laurie. When I was bodybuilding in 2019 and 2020, I started to realize that, uh, first of all, my, my blood work as a man wasn't looking too good because I was stressing my body out so much. I was dieting, I was training at the gym two or three hours a day working out impact on my family. And I really needed to look at myself and go, where's this going? Like, yes, it's great to build muscle for longevity, but am I going to burn myself out when I'm 40 or 45 and really do some damage? So then I pivoted towards more meditation, stretching. Uh, I've got a beautiful property in Talabudra on the Gold Coast, and we were doing a lot of grounding. So I had to really move in from that really fight and flight uh, warrior mode into more of that gentle recovery mode. So it's been good to transition from the warrior, the monk and, and do that daily and weekly. Yes, that's so important. It's really, it's really important to be both in like your masculine, so the doing and productivity, but then also the feminine, like support, rest and receiving. And I'm going to start this podcast the same as I start it with everyone else. And you've just alluded to it a little bit here. Um, you've had quite the journey and two decades of experience. So, and you, you train trainers. So can you give me the context that I would need to know to know why you help people in the way you do today? Like, give me the long story. I think... Oh, great question. The long the, the the long story would be, <laughs> I do a lot of deep work when it comes to my purpose as a man. I do a lot of work around gene keys, uh, human design, and that could be quite fresh for a lot of people. And I've come to realize about five, 10 years ago, as an educator and a teacher and a coach, was that my main purpose as a man is to really impact people in a positive way through health, well-being and fitness and nurturing. As a father of two, uh, one of my biggest strengths as a man I feel and a parent is to really nurture people from start of the journey to the end of their journey and give them support along the way. Mm. So the coach came up, the educator came up, and the teacher came up. And that's my purpose, Laurie, is to really empower people to take true ownership of their body through health disciplines, through grounding, through exercise, and just show them how powerful you could be as a human being. Uh, that's probably... In a nutshell, from the gene keys, from my human design, where I've really come to as a man, like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing it because I'm, I'm born for it. So my main purpose would be to impact people, nurture people, and really support humans through their journey. That's awesome. I love that you've dived into um, human design as well. I got a reading once, and um, it was just so spot on. I can't remember what my things were, but I, I've got that freak to genius line which means Ooh. like sometimes I have those like weird ideas and people think I'm the town freak, but if I welcome them first and they're like, oh, she's actually really smart. Love that. And I'm assuming, like, I'm, I'm just going to assume here, I think your human design will be more of a, are you a projector? Uh, no, I'm a generator. Yeah. You're a generator. Mr. Mark. Yeah, but I feel like I had an issue with that to start with, but I'm like, I do take in a lot and then... um. I guess I'm not a reflector, but I take in a lot and then like generate a new path forward from what I've taken in. So I guess like my ideas are like, yeah, but I, I could feel that I'm a projector too, but yeah, generator is mine. How about you? 
a manifesting generator. So a bit oh, of a blend. Cool. gen. Yeah, a lot of energy, yes. a lot of a uh, lot, lot of um task orientated, very focused, very driven. That's my um human design. Yes, I love that. I want to tap into something you said earlier regarding um the the burnout around exercise and bodybuilding and stuff like that. I recently saw some data and don't quote me correctly that if you exercise over a certain amount, it starts becoming detrimental for your health. So on this data graph, there was a huge spike at like 150 minutes is like when it's good for depression and stuff like that. But then there's this drop. Can you tell me a little bit more about like this producing mentality and what you've seen in the kind of bodybuilding industry of like when it's really great and when it's not so great. Mm, that, yeah. And it's very context dependent, individual dependent. A lot of people yeah. can handle this a lot more, but if I look at a human being, Laurie, I'm looking at their occupation, their relationship, their water supply, their food quality. I just encompass all the stress into a bucket. And this is a great teaching of Paul Check, who's an incredible guy in America who I've learned a lot from, is that stress accumulates in the body through movement, nutrition, occupation, relationships, environment. So when I look at a, a human, I try and get people in the gym for minimum 45 minutes to an hour. That tends to be the sweet spot of what their body can handle in terms of breaking down muscle tissue and then going out of the gym and then recovering through stretching, meditation, grounding, walking, breathing. Uh, so a lot of people don't have enough time in the day to really handle an hour to two hour workout anymore. It's literally 45 minutes to an hour, get your core workout done and then recover really well outside the gym. Uh, and I look at a lot of people's blood work and the people that have negative impact on their blood work tend to be people that train an hour and a half, two hours a day, and they don't recover well enough. They're just burning the candle from their testosterone, their thyroid's not functioning properly, and their vitamin mineral count is normally quite depleted because there's so much energy going out and not enough restorative energy coming back in. So essentially, human dependent, individual dependent, but I find a lot of people, 45 minutes to an hour tends to be that sweet spot for training optimization. That's awesome. That's like such a great tangible thing to kind of take out of it and and taking your recovery as seriously as that 45 to 60 minutes of training. I love that kind of stress in a bucket analogy that you used. I'm curious if you've got somebody who's like a working mum or a working dad, they're in an executive role, let's say. So they've got a high stress role or they're making lots of decisions. Maybe they're context switching a lot. What sort of like exercise would you recommend for them when their stress is already pretty high? Breath work, uh, breath work and meditation. So a lot of people are programmed in our world to go, if I want to declutter and de-stress, I'll go straight to the gym and do an F45 or a fit stop or a big workout. And that could actually yeah. exacerbate them. So initially, a lot of the guys that I coach have got their own companies. I, half my coaching cohort would be business owners and company owners who are very busy 70 hours a week. They're always pushing the envelope more and more and more. So I get them to do a lot of meditation. Uh, they go to the beach on the Gold Coast and walk and ground on the beach. But a lot of them tend to do more parasympathetic recovery type grounding activities. And when they feel good, only once or twice a week, I'll get them in the gym and give them like a lower body workout or an upper body circuit. So essentially, priority number one would be to ground and decompress the nervous system. And then from there, we could go into the gym and, and train harder. So um, that's probably the step-by-step -step protocol that I tend to do with a business owner or a parent who's got limited time and they're highly stressed out. Yeah. How do you handle that though when they, um, I agree with that approach. I think um, the parasympathetic nervous system is so important, but it's like, if you think about a business owner, they're focused on the numbers. They're thinking about the quantifiable. So it's like, how is this quantifiable and why am I doing all of this before I actually get into the nitty gritty? So how do you kind of explain that and convince folks or someone who might be listening and they're like, oh, that sounds like a bit of a waste of time? Yeah, well, the, the results are in the pudding and a lot of the guys yeah. that I do, the company owners, they turn around and go, Steve, I have more focus in my meetings my ability to lead a team is so much more powerful. And usually when they, they lead better and they make better choices because they're calmer and more grounded and they see everything around them in, as an environment, they tend to make more money. So if they're making more money and they're less stressed and the staff are happy and they're getting healthier through breath work, walking, breathing, then that's a big win. So we have to sort of unravel the old school thinking of, training harder, um, pushing your body to when it's breaking, let's strip it back. Let's do some meditation and monk work. And then we'll shift into that fight and flight warrior mode. Um, and I feel a lot of people are resistant to that because it's like, let's get the deal. Let's hit the metrics. Let's hit the data. 
but they yeah. usually are better when they're calmer. When they're calmer and more focused, they usually get that a lot more. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And honestly, so personal story, I'm an executive for two startups at the moment. So I'm the VP of customer experience. So it's like a really intense job. And in this year also went through a pretty nasty breakup and I put on 20 pounds in like, put on 20 pounds in, I think like eight months. So with all the knowledge that I have as a fitness trainer and stuff like that. And I tell you what, it was exactly that I was trying to run, trying to go to the gym, trying to eat all the things. Like I'm like, I literally teach people how to get their goals without burning out, but I'm not doing it myself because I'm so focused on the bloody data. So I've started um moving back into my yoga practice, doing yoga and breath work every every single day. And it's exactly that tangible effect of um having so much more focus and actually getting more done in the day by grounding at the start of the day and uh basically practicing what I preach, which even as a coach, you can hit hit those kind of lulls. Yeah, definitely, Laurie. And thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure you're very relatable to a lot of people. Like we're never going to be a perfect human. Some days we'll, we'll have a relationship break up and there'll be your heart's broken. You, you feel quite upset and, and there's a bit of grief. And to move through that, sometimes we go to food. We go to food, we go to TV, we go to TikTok and people have their own coping mechanisms. So yeah, to resonate with that, a lot of my clients who go through a relationship breakdown tend to have the same thing, food, social media, uh, and clothing, you know, in uh, yes. retail therapy. <laughs> yes. I feel that one. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm i really interested in these two concepts you've mentioned, the warrior mindset or the warrior kind of mode and the monk mode. Can you dive into that a little bit more for me? Yeah, it's my jam. It's my genius area. And I love breaking it down. When I get a new client, I have a whiteboard. I bring them over my house or at the facility that I coach at. And we're just right there. Sympathetic nervous system, warrior mode, parasympathetic system, monk mode. And I explain to them the heart rate variability, the blood pressure that comes up when we're stressed. And we go through what type of modalities are really good at bringing the sympathetic arousal up and the parasympathetic arousal down. And I speak about sleep meditation, breath work, having great connection and bonding with your loved one, your relationship, your friendship group. And on the other hand, we've got our sympathetic drive. So we've got our workout, our weight training, our cardiovascular training, uh, RPM, spin, uh, any other activity that's going to drive our arousal with our sympathetic nervous system. And they look at that and go, I get it. So visually, they get it. They hear me speak. So I'm ticking auditory, visual, kinesthetic. We might go into the gym and have a sympathetic workout and then do a stretch at the end, like a partner stretch. So essentially, I'm just teaching them uh, as if I'm teaching you uh, four years ago. We're doing the sympathetic arousal world and the parasympathetic arousal world, which is really good because people learn in different ways. So yeah, that's how I communicate it because I want to make sure that the information that I teach is very digestible for people as well. So they can hear it in a standard and go, yeah, I hear that, Steve, that really resonates with me now. And they could apply that to their life because there is a lot of information out there, but the digestibility of that information has got to be right for that person. Yes. I love that you break it down into auditory, kinesthetic, and also visual because everyone's different learners. And by bringing up that that whiteboard, that really shows it. So to understand that the monk mode is the parasympathetic rest and digest, whereas that warrior mode is the sympathetic and, um, you know, really going hard at it, right? Yeah, yeah, really hard. And I just want to give you a bit of an analogy with that is that I just left the gym an hour ago. So I had a really good leg workout with a coach down at World Gym Burley. Before I had you, uh, we jumped on the car, went outside, I did barefoot grounding, took my shirt off, got 10 minutes of sun, did some breath work, and now I'm fully charged up. So I've in within one hour of waking, I've ticked off my workout, my sympathetic warrior mode, and I've switched into a parasympathetic monk mode within sort of an hour to an hour and a half, which sets me up for a, a beautiful day. Yeah, that's awesome. One of my team members, so you just made me think about her. Um, she did this sport that's like cross-country skiing and then shooting a gun. Um, I, I forget what it's called. It's by something and it's a snow sport. And it, and you just made me think about that. It is wild to me to be in such a sympathetic nervous system state and then switch straight into kind of what I feel like that accuracy, you would need to have like a really good breathwork routine. So how do you switch between those states quickly so you can regulate your nervous system a bit better? Beautiful question. Conscious awareness. So yeah. it takes practice, it takes time. 
Uh, knowing knowing your brain, knowing how you're programmed, I'm, I'm wired as a man, a very masculine, high-driven male. So I've always been a guy about execution, target, effort, result, Get whatever, do whatever it takes to get the job done, even if you're tired and fatigued. Come to realize five years ago when I was 33, 34, when my blood work wasn't really good, I was like, I need to change my body. So conscious awareness of being where am I, where am I at as a man, Am I sick a lot? Am I sleeping poorly? Is my libido suffering? Do I have any drive in life or life force? If their indicators are off, I need to change something pretty quickly. So that's when I go from a sympathetic arousal world into more of that recovery parasympathetic monk world. Just because if my markers aren't great, there's some data right there for our business owners and our company owners. Mm -hmm. And then we we could transition into the parasympathetic recovery world. Yeah. What sort of data should we be looking out for? Like what sort of data were you like, oh crap, I really need to go ahead and and look at this kind of execution mindset that I have. Maybe it's not so great all the time. Yeah. Number one would be blood pressure. Check your mm-hmm. blood pressure two or three times a day. Just get a machine. I've got one behind me at the moment. I take that two or three times a day. One minute job. Blood sugar levels, if you want to go a little bit further to see how quickly your body can tolerate carbohydrates. So your BSL, uh, your heart rate variability, which is a big marker as well. Your aura ring could also do that. Um, and then you've got your libido. So just more of a, a subjective data, like how do I feel? Do I feel um, excitable? Do I feel aroused? Where a lot of people don't have any life force. So they're basically quite depleted. So they're the big four I go to. Blood pressure, heart rate variability, uh, blood sugar level, and then libido are the big four that I look at. Yeah, no, that's really good. I um I also recommend for folks if you don't have the aura wing ring, the root the whoop's really good for heart rate variability as well. That's what I use to track it to to see where I'm at there. Yeah, and I'd love to hear about your when you were going through that uh, bit of a challenging time recently. Did you notice a change in your heart rate variability, Laurie? Yeah, it was really really low in January and February when I was in the depth of my breakup. Then it peaked a little bit, and now it's kind of in the in the yellow. So it's starting to get a bit better, but um, it it tanked all January and February. It was so low. I couldn't recover no matter what. And then I had another like close to burnout event about two months ago, which is really ironic because I've been posting podcasts on burnout, but let's keep it real here. Um, <laughs> I learned from my guests too. And, and, um, and I was really low with my heart rate variability. Yeah. So that normally leads to fatigue, illness, uh, irritability and you know that it's just yeah. a, um, a hey I'm getting annoyed right now why am I annoyed my heart rate availability is not working really well yeah it's really good and that's when to focus on the sleep and I've got a Shakti mat that I actually find quite helpful so for those people that don't know Shakti mats like has all these like little spikes and stuff on it and um, it sends me into like a meditative trance state I'm very like um intellectual curiosity energy I'm like a why person I want to know why if I have an answer I want to share it and like that's kind of like a lot of air energy I guess so I need to actively calm that brain down before I go to bed (laughs) it's like the four agreements of life one of them is the fifth one is actually curiosity be curious about everything I'm sure you've read that book before yes I actually that's hilarious I've got it right here oh no way That's so funny. Yeah, dive into that, read it again and again and again. I think yes. it's one of my favorite reads of Four Agreements. Mm. I saw, um, I actually have it in my Amazon cart right now, a book that you had on your Instagram story the other day, Inner Size. I love that yeah. headline. Tell me more about that book. Powerful. Uh, John Asaraf, who's the author, has got an incredible way of digesting the information for every human being. There's little protocols, little tasks in there. It's just about rewiring our subconscious brain around a limiting belief around I'm not good enough. Uh, I can't sustain a healthy diet. I cannot commit to a relationship without getting hurt. And there's just so many many powerful tools in there and storytelling that really resonated with me. I've read it five times and I read it more and more and more because as you know, we digest information that can disappear in six months to a year. Uh, but inner size would be probably in the last, yeah, five years time, the most powerful read that I've come across. So for anyone out there who wants to work on their limiting beliefs around food, relationships, exercise, their life purpose, inner size will be my favorite go-to book. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? 
I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. That's awesome. You've convinced me to read it. Just the title took me away because I knew once I became a trainer, like I know how to train someone's physical body, but I want to help them train their inner body. I want them to help them clear their inner work without being a therapist because fitness is really important. Like, but that always seemed like the huge thing, the thought work, the inner beliefs and stuff like that. And that sounds like an amazing book to help guide on that. It's a powerful read. And a lot of the comp prep people I work with who are lean, they have abs, they have a lot of muscle tissue and they're very um, conditioned. They still have their limiting beliefs around food. Um, you know, if you look about food, food trauma or food freedom, it's a big subject that a lot of people don't really touch on because we're all about measures, calories in, calories out, um, equations, principles, but we forget about food freedom and how you can really have a beautiful life by looking at food as nutrition and fuel instead of a um, a negative association. Yeah, for sure. How do you kind of approach um, food as fuel? And Because I'm sure you... Like I like pizza. I like a red wine from time to time. Is there anything you recommend people just completely remove or do you more so have a, an approach where you can have anything, but it's like in moderation? I'm just curious about your stance on it, just working with athletes. It's definitely changed a lot. It's um trans- it's very transformational now, the nutrition work I do. I have a naturopath that I liaise with weekly. Um, she does microbiome testing. So if a client wants to really deep dive into their diet, we get their microbiome done uh, to look at if they've got any parasite worms or intestinal issues at all. They do an analysis of their microbiome, and then we work out a plan of what food's going to be good for their microbiome initially. So it might be more of a moderate protein, high fat diet, or a moderate carb, lower fat. But their microbiome usually determines, in conjunction with their blood work, what type of diet they tend to eat. Um, a lot of people do trial and error, Laurie. Not everyone can afford, you know, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars for a microbiome test or a blood test. But a lot of people should start with doing a rotation diet and going, what food, what feels good in my body? Uh, is it organ meat? Is it more vegetables, or is it more of a, a vegetarian diet? And then just transition from there and rotate from there. So it's more of a self detection type of life that I try and teach my clients. You know, be your own detective. What feels good for you? What works well? What resonates well? And then tweak it and then just capture some data and then tweak it again. Yes. I love that rotation diet diet concept because um, something that bothers me as a fitness coach and, you know, doing what I do is when somebody has a blanket statement, like everyone must do keto, everyone must do F45, everyone must be a vegan because everyone's so different. And I've seen this firsthand when I was on the Gold Coast, actually, um, with my mum, like I'm a vegetarian because I just don't like the way that meat feels inside my body, even though I really wish I liked meat more because it's such a good protein source with not as high carb content um, as a lot of the the um, legumes that I eat. Anyways, that's a bit of a gripe on my, my own, but my mum, if she was eating too much of my meals, she'd be white. Like she was just washed out and it's like, there's no one size fits all approach. Oh, and, and therefore, like digging into the microbiome, and I'm sure your listeners are quite aware of the, the gut yeah. and brain access and the microbiome, but if you're feeding your microbiome well and your gut health is functioning really well from a, um, a holistic point of view, you're going to be digesting the meals really well and you're going to be feeling great. So I love meat. I have liver, uh, a little bit of liver, um, have minimal vegetables. I feel pretty good. 
when I have too many vegetables, I get a bit of gas. So it's just trial and error and getting your microbiome checked to ensure that you have the right diet for your microbiome and your body type. Yes. Tell me more about that because I have some friends that are on the carnivore diet. It sounds like you lean more towards that that side of things. Tell me more about like how you're getting your nutrients, why that's working for you and any insights you've had um, having that sort of diet for yourself. Initially, the big benefit of carnivore diet has been my skin. I feel my mm. skin has really um, upgraded and glowed a lot more compared to when I was having a lot more carbohydrates. I do more of a, a targeted carnivore diet where I have meat two or three times a day. Before I work out, I'll have some berries or a little bit of carbohydrates, and then I'll transition back to a carnivore diet. So it's more of like a targeted approach to implementing carbohydrates at the right window at the right time, and then I'll transition to a carnivore diet later in the day. Uh, a lot of ghee, a lot of butter, uh, quite a lot of saturated fat in my diet, uh, which is against a lot of people who are saying calories in, calories out, because the whole equation doesn't really mean anything if your body's not absorbing the food and digesting the food well. So yeah, the, the carnivore diet has been quite good for me in terms of like how I feel and how I function from a brain capacity as well, mental clarity, cognitive functions a lot better. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're measuring that as well. Like cognitive function and focus is so important and something we need to be thinking about in terms of fuel. Curious about your calories in, calories out mentality. You just um, alluded to it there. Like, especially as a as someone who's training bodybuilders, Tell me like your thoughts on this, focus on it. Yeah, uh, it's so it's so easy to like work out someone's calories. And the first of all, digestibility of food needs to be taken into consideration. So I have a lot of women who I coach for shows. I might put them on two and a half thousand calories in their off season, in their building phase, and then we'll diet them down to like 1,600, 1,700 calories when they get there, some of them still don't lose weight. Their body fat might be at bay. They're not pushing. They're not bulging at all or budging, I should say. So what I tend to do when someone has hit a baseline of like their calories at their, at their um, threshold or they can't drop any more, I tend to get them to go away on a little holiday, relax, declutter, decompress, and they tend to lose body fat when, they're, when their stress levels come right down. So calories in, calories out, yes, it's one factor out of 50, I would say but it's not the most important area when it comes to how you feel internally. And in terms of a wellbeing perspective, I use it as a measure definitely, but it's not my go-to all the time. There's so many other factors involved when it comes to losing body fat. And probably the big one is minimizing your stress. I would prefer people to minimize their stress before they count calories. Yes. I'm like, I'm the exact same, but it's because it's my personal experience as well. I've seen it with clients um, where they minimize their stress. They leave either an unaligned relationship or unaligned job and then just dropping fat just becomes so easy for them. But it's same with myself. When my stress levels are up, I hold fat. When my stress levels are down, like it feels like even though I know the right things to do, it just, so that's why it goes stress management, then focusing on like habits and what you're motivated by, then nutrition, then movement, then supplements. That's kind yeah. of the the pyramid for me. <laughs> I love that, Laurie. And it's so important for longevity. I mean, we're talking, I'm 40 um, next year and we're talking about longevity principles and I don't measure my food anymore. I just eyeball it and go, there's my protein source. There's a little bit of fat and there's a little bit of carbohydrates before my workout. And I don't know what calories I'm having at the moment, but all I do know is that I feel good in my body. My stress levels are quite low and I'm quite optimal. So I think for the, the listeners out there who are obsessed with the calories in, calories out equation is use it as a measure, one tool, but do not be fixated on the equation because you're going to get lost in it. And the, the target's going to keep moving in all the time. Every couple of weeks, your target will move up or move down because people are putting on more muscle, they're dropping body fat. So you have to shift the calories or or cycle your food. So have a high day of eating uh, a lot of calories on a leg day when you're moving a lot and then drop the food the next day. So you might do like a calorie cycling approach or a carb cycling approach. Yeah, no, that makes total total sense. And you want those extra carbs on on that leg day as well because, <laughs> because yeah. you know, you're obviously burning through a lot more. I'm curious about, you know, on this kind of nutrition standpoint, you mentioned something about water supply earlier. So you said a whole bunch of things you were looking for Um you know, with stress, heart rate variability, but water supply came up. Why water supply? Very curious. That's a great question. Uh, water <laughs> supply due to 
the the data that I've looked at over the last couple of years around toxicity in the pipes in towns, uh, mainly yeah, American water supply, I would say would be quite poor in general, yeah. unless you've got a quality filter. But looking at your how you're drinking water, is it tap water? Is it filtered through a canyon unit or a, a really high quality water filter that's going to remove a lot of the toxins um, in that water pipe? So essentially, I get my clients to buy a water filter as number one when they coach with me, uh, get one, a high quality one, and then measure their water intake, you know, the two to four liters with a bit of Himalayan Celtic salt to get their electrolytes or their sodium levels up. But yeah, water quality is important. You know, we're 70, 75% water and we want to frequently, uh, we want to operate at a high frequency. And when we've got good water in our body, we're going to feel better. We're going to be more charged up from an iron point and we're going to feel um, more alert and more focused. So quality of water with a good water filter is um, a very, or it's non-negotiable when it comes to good health. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I actually use um, Epic water filters and have been since 2019, since our course. Um, who's that Brazilian bloke that that taught with Ronaldo. us? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, he taught me about the Epic water filters at the time, and I'm and I've always had filtered waters, but that one, yeah, I've been using for I guess four and a half years now. So um, I'm a big fan of it. What's the impact of not filtering your water? Like, yeah, what's the impact? Some, I did a lot of water testing when I was working at Rio Tinto in the Pilbara in Western Australia, and we did a lot of testing around uh, the carcinogenics or carcinogens in in water supply, and the toxicity the toxicity levels can really rise up pretty quickly. So, when you look at hygiene or the toxic load of a human being, if you're adding in stress, sugar, artificial sweeteners, plus toxic water, you're going to get a lot of toxic load in the body. So I would say um, looking at some data, autoimmune issues can present themselves, whether it's like an IBS or some form of autoimmune issue can really present itself if you're not managing your toxic load really well. And water is part of that equation. Stress, sugar, sweetness to a degree, plus water supply or poor water, um, you're going to get some toxicity in your body. Uh, and if you don't think well and feel good, that's going to add on top of that as well. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I tell you what I'm hearing time and time again it's a blood work. So doing your blood work and testing your cortisol and, and all your sex hormones and stuff like that. Two is like mineral and toxicity testing. And three is microbiome testing. Like these three things seem to be foundations that keep on coming up over and over again on this podcast. Yeah, they do. And it's been a journey for me because we're taught at Cert 3, Cert 4, we don't speak about microbiome. We don't speak about blood testing. We don't speak about water filters unless you go to a really good coach like Ronaldo who does share that information. Uh, but a lot of people just, they go to the gym, they train, they eat their protein, eat their carbs, and they don't do anything else with their blood work or their microbiome. But as a human, I want to achieve optimal health. I want healthy humans walking around in my community. A lot of the guys I, I coach with and I train with are very healthy men. They get their bloods done. They get their microbiome checked. They do their sun gazing. They do their uh, breath work. So I want to be around healthy, optimal human beings, and I want that for the world. I want to see a world of... um healthy humans with minimal disease or dysfunction. So that's a, the the goal of me to empower people just to feel good and feel feel well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of testing involved and there's a lot of um, you've got to collect your own sample and you get bloods every year or two, but it's really important data to look at. Yeah, no, definitely. And I love that you have a really clear mission of like, the healthy optimal human like creating more healthy optimal humans and and living in that environment in a sentence what is a healthy optimal human to you a human that is thriving in its environment in a personal relationship with their partner with their family with their community and disease and dysfunction is minimal or absent mm. so essentially someone who doesn't have huge amounts of disease or dysfunction and they thrive in their community and they add a lot of value to the world. I love that. My mission is the latter part of that. It's um, I want more people to just smile at each other when they walk past each other. Like I just want people to be so fulfilled and happy that they don't like give you a scowl. And it's we all have our off days, but I just feel like we're so disconnected from one another because we're unhealthy or we're stressed or there's stuff going on that we just don't have the energy to give to one another and we've lost that kind of tribal sense of community mm. and yes that word tribe and my wife and I Adele 
we had a yoga retreat on the weekend. You might have seen it on my social media. We had 15 of our clients over. We hire a yoga instructor, an incredible South American woman. We do yoga for an hour. We do a turn, uh, nostril breathing for about 10, 15 minutes. And we do some meditation. And then my wife brings out cacao. We have some food on our land and everyone walks around barefoot. And we just chat about life, about um, the world, about fitness, about health. And that tribe, part of the, the tenets of um, good health is, is tribe and community and bonding. So if you can have a good body with no tribe, then you feel a bit absent. You feel a bit lost. So community and connection is a big tenet. Uh, or a lever, I should say, for for me and my wife when it comes to building good health is community and tribe. Yes, yeah, definitely. No, it's all it's all interconnected, isn't it? I think something that we haven't really spoken about yet is mindset. So a lot of the stuff we've mentioned around about like parasympathetic nervous system and moving more into like that stress management side of things. A lot of the reason why people aren't doing breath work or meditation or fitness is because they haven't really built the mindset to be able to commit to things. So what are some of your top tips that you've seen to help people build a strong mind? Take peace points throughout the day. Uh, when I say a peace point, I'm talking about put your TV, uh, your, your mobile phone away, your your laptop, your computer, and just look at a tree for three <laughs> minutes. Uh, that will really ground your body straight away. So initially, for a, a masculine business owner, whether it's a female or a male, if they're driven by data and driven by results and executing their whole life, for them to do breath work for an hour is probably not realistic. So I get them to look at a tree, eat lunch outside, put their mobile phone away for 10 or 15 minutes and really be present with your body because presence is your power. The more present we are, the more powerful we are around our environment. So initially, just a peace point, um, three or four times a day, no mobile, mobile phone for 10 minutes, look outside, look away from your computer, pay attention to your heart rate and your breath. Do some nostril breathing in, out, in, out, which will really calm down your body. And that will be a good start to build good habits from there. So habit stacking from there would be breath work, meditation, uh, and walking barefoot for half an hour. Yeah, I love that. It's like micro habits, hey, like those little micro moments that you can bring a little bit more awareness. And then over time, they they usually expand because you start to see benefits and you like to enjoy it. You're speaking about alternate nostril breathing, and I we've spoken about breath work a bit what kind of pranayama techniques do you use on a daily basis to help ground you yeah so i do the alternate uh, nostril breathing daily after a workout i'll sit in the gym or come home and just get my son um my, my younger boy and we'll just sit outside and we'll sit there in the sun gold coast is 90 percent sunshine so we get a lot of vitamin d and i'll just do that alternate nostril breathing um nearly every day for five minutes and then i start work so usually i do that uh, i do bit of yoga and stretching two or three times a week in conjunction with my weight training. But I just know my body well enough now at 38 to really um, sort of understand if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not producing good results at work, I need to change it quickly. I need to change my mindset. And that's through breathing, yoga, or stretching. So it's just more conscious awareness. I'll keep tying it back to that consciously awareness of where's my head at? Where's my body at? I want to check in with my body. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit off today. What can I do to change my state? I'll go outside, do some breath work for five, 10 minutes, come back in, immediately charged up. So it's just quick. It's really quick and efficient. So these big entrepreneurs and business owners, they can change their body and their mind really quickly. They can leave the workspace, go outside for five minutes, do some uh, Qigong or Tai Chi and quickly change their state. Like within mm -hmm. five, 10 minutes, it doesn't take much, but we're programmed to... um. Yeah, keep pushing, keep delivering, keep persevering. Um, but then if you take a moment to breathe and be present, you can achieve better results long-term. Yeah, and it gives you a bloody headache by the end of the day if you don't take a break. Like your head's, oh. head's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but information coming in and we see what's happening with the um, – the bodies of a lot of humans at the moment, like our, we're, we're medicated. A lot of uh, Americans and Westerners are highly medicated to get through the day. And that's, yes. that's not good. Um, toxicity load. We talk about toxicity. We're looking at medication as a toxicity as well. So if, if you're highly medicated um, or if you're medicated, then try and work with your physician or your holistic health practitioner and gradually look at methods to you know, reduce that eventually. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. 
As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I'm really big on that. And I actually only see like the doctor that I'm seeing is like, uh, they're an MD. I'm really big into medicine and Western medicine. And I love all the gifts that it's brought us, but not without that holistic root cause approach. So I'm like, I'm blessed enough to be able to afford that service and I'm very, very lucky for it. But I think for folks listening to it, they've only got access to maybe like a free doctor or whatever. It's a, that's very important to follow, but also getting curious, advocating for yourself, seeing if you can get, get second opinions, see if you can get blood work done to get to the root cause, trying all these different methods, because unless your doctor said you can't, trying out breath work, sleeping nine hours, eight to nine hours a night, eating well most of the time and exercise really can't hurt you if you've been cleared to. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Laurie. And it, like, if I was going to look at you as a, a woman or a female, like we just get your, your name, Laurie Lee, and we look at your blood work, your microbiome, your sleep quality, your water quality, your stress ability to handle stress. And we just design a really good personalized plan around all those factors. How does your blood look? How does your feces look? How's your stress? How's your environment? How's your water? Bang, we've got a really good program. And it personalized, individualized program, customized to your life and your human design, how that looks. And you just tailor it from there. And it could just be exercising three days a week for half an hour. And then the rest of that could be breath work because you're highly stressed, for example. Uh, there's a lot of ways we can manipulate variables to achieve a great result. But the harder isn't always a way to go. Uh, I've seen that with it myself and I've seen that with a lot of clients. So how do you push? There'll be a, a point of burnout and illness and fatigue and stress. And it's really hard to reverse that once you hit that point or hit that mark. Yeah. You know, that's really refreshing hearing from you, Steve, because we get a range of guests on the podcast. And I would say that the conversations we're having around like, hey, don't push yourself as hard if you already are highly stressed are definitely coming more from um, people who identify as, you know, females. So it's really nice to see, you know, you've been, you are, like you said, more masculine and energy, want to produce, want to do this, but you've found that balance. And it's just really refreshing to hear it from somebody that's kind of on the other side of the coin. And um, I guess I just feel particularly validated in this conversation, being probably like a lot of my clients and highly stressed and hearing you say that is just really nice. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, and it's um, my own personal experience, but observation, I think you're a lot like me. I watch people in their environment. I love observing humans in their uh, environment at work, at the gym. 
and I see a lot of pre-workout. I see a lot of stimulation. I see a lot of caffeine. I see a lot of TikTok. I see a lot of energy coming in. I'm like, just be, be present. Close your eyes for a minute and just try and pay attention to your heart rate. For a lot of people, that's hard work. <laughs> I want to look yes. at my phone. Turn your phone off for a bit and just be present with your body. And I keep coming back to presence is your power. And it's like that in a relationship. I, my wife and I have weekly check-ins. I say, how are you feeling? How's your health? Is there anything I could do to support you? Is there anything I do to get you better? And we just have that present check-in with no mobile phones, no TV. Look at each other in the eye and go, what's up? What can we do to get better and improve? So that growth mindset, we've got the growth mindset of just supporting our community and supporting our tribe really well. Yes, I um I actually love the relationship that you and your wife seem to have from your social media highlight reel. But um, you know, it seems to be a really like positive, balanced relationship in general. Um, what do you think contributes to that? Our passion for fitness and health. I was Adele's uh, lecturer back in 2000, well, 2007 now. So I was at, at TAFE. So cool. Yeah, so she was a student. Um, we didn't start dating until after the, the course, of course. <laughs> you didn't um, do it at TAFE. <laughs> no, not at TAFE. There would have been some uh, ramifications there. But um, I, we connected through fitness, through health, through traveling, and our vision to have children together and homeschool and nurture our family was was pretty prevalent. We had a purpose that was really lined up, and we've navigated um, life over 15 years together through traveling uh, the US, Europe, um, training Adele West with pre and postnatal clients on the Gold Coast. I'm more business owners and prep people. So we just work well together. She has her own identity. I have my own identity. We're not enmeshed in any way and we help each other out and just balance each other out really well. So the traditional masculine feminine approach of like man and woman uh, with no fluidity around that is really important as well for a long-term, long-term relationship. Yes, I love that. And it sounds like you both have kind of like complementary skills in terms of, you know, she's working more with the pre and postnatal and and you're working more with like the entrepreneurs, the business owners, but then also you've got all those shared values and those shared values have really helped you raise your children and move forward. So it seems like those two things are pretty, it's like, yes, opposites attract, but these values need to be the same. Yeah, non-negotiable, Laurie. I feel if you're if I'm into health and I'm training four or five times a week and doing breath work and yoga and grounding, and if my wife's not doing that, there's a bit of a disconnect initially yeah. or already. So the values are the same, the mission is the same, and the purpose is, is quite similar to help people get healthier. Uh, and then once you look after your relationship with yourself and your partner, then you can really open yourself up and bring some other good humans in and a tribe and community and create that that tight-knit bond of good good healthy humans so it, it obviously takes work like fitness you've got to wake up every day and work through your your inner child work and what happened when you were younger and your adolescent teenage years when you were potentially bullied or uh something happened you know we've all got stuff that we work through we've all got a story and different chapters in life and but it just takes conscious awareness of dealing with that and going how can i show up and be good for myself and my, my partner as well yeah, love is a noun and a verb. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know what? I found it pretty helpful. So I, I went through my breakup at the start of the year, four-year relationship, a lot of stress there. I, I broke up with him, so it was my choice. But one of my friends pretty quickly after I broke up with him, he's like, whatever you are ready to date, I want to date you. <laughs> and I, I must say, dating a friend, we've moved pretty quickly, um, has been really refreshing because you've already got those shared values and it feels like we should be like supervised every night because we're giggling about the silliest, like you can just make life really fun, fun if you've got that shared foundation. And um, yeah, I really enjoy dating a friend and that, that shift, like while I kind of went through a few men in my twenties, uh, um, it was yeah. about quality, not quantity. Um, <laughs> that was the issue, but it's, love, um, uh, that's awesome to hear. So like you're laughing, you're joyful, you're playful. Uh, and that's what's missing in a lot of humans is yes. um, we're serious. we've got deadlines where we're looking at the next project, the next business opportunity, but joy, laughter, playfulness, hugging, connecting is um, quite absent in today's world. So you're doing, yeah, I love hearing that. It's good to have that playfulness and joyfulness in a relationship yeah. that you feel safe to express yourself and you feel safe to be you. And that's exactly what it is, feeling safe to express yourself, that inner, inner child that you spoke about, that inner child feeling safe. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we all every human has the inner child. Um we try to <laughs> avoid it. it. It comes up and it comes up in good ways and, and sometimes not so good ways, but we just try and manage that accordingly. But yeah, playfulness and, and joyfulness is really important. Like just like you mentioned before, smiling at people. I'm the type of guy where I'll I'll walk around the gym and even in public and I smile and look at people and go, Good morning, how are you? And my target, you know, you probably get half the people that smile back. On the Gold Coast, there's probably more because everyone's quite fit and healthy and happy. But you go into a city like Melbourne or Sydney and people have basically got their head down and they're in a rush. Next meeting, next deadline. I've got two minutes to get to work. People are very sympathetic, fight and flight. So smiling, connecting and just being uh, approachable is a good um, characteristic. Yeah, absolutely. And I do love that about the Gold Coast as well. It's sunny. So it's it's pretty easy to be nice to people um, most of the time. Yeah. And it, it is that kind of laid back kind of atmosphere. Steve, you and I, we could chat for like two hours. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. But before we head off, um, what have we not spoken about today that you wanted to speak about? I feel the only thing we ever touched on, Laurie, was probably masculine energy. We did uh, touch mm-hmm. on it a little bit when I spoke about Adele and how you've got the 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 characteristics of a, a masculine person, whether it's a female or a male, and the dynamic uh, between a man and a woman. But we've covered some really cool stuff around nutrition, blood work, microbiome, uh, and I'm sure your listeners will get a lot of value out of hearing me speak and also your experience as well. But in a nutshell, it was really good to talk to you and talk about holistic health. I'm very passionate about human health, as you know, and, and just making people live a great life and a holistically balanced life. Yeah. And you practice what you preach. I really enjoy following your content. And I personally learned a lot. Big part of why I love hosting this podcast is I learn so much from my guests. So I've learned a lot from you and and thank you for continue being an amazing mentor and joining us today. I'm sure others want to learn more from you. So how can we all get in touch with you and and learn what you're about? Yeah, websites, primaleelitecoaching.com.au. I do a lot of online coaching on the Gold Coast, blood work, microbiome assessments with my naturopath. And alongside that, uh, social media, Coach Steve Caps on Instagram, uh, but the website will be the best place to look at my work, primalelitecoaching.com.au. And yeah, love health, love um, being on here today and thank you for your time, Laurie. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Steve. It's It's been amazing. Awesome. Great. And for everyone listening at home, whether you're in the car, out on a run or going for a walk on the beautiful sunny Gold Coast boardwalk, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.